mastering your emotions so you can be a safe space for the feminine mm, is yes. actually to me the art of masculinity so i would think it means two things to me one it's always like in the eye of the beholder so realize that it's okay to have a different view than somebody else two it's always being created and recreated uh i i think it means an openness to growth an openness to learning an openness to looking at what is masculinity in me and having curiosity about what parts are serving me and what parts maybe aren't serving me so well anymore. And so the art of masculinity is truly that. If you can master being a lion and a lamb, you've mastered masculinity. The art of masculinity to me means knowing how to gracefully dance between both the feminine flow and the structure of the masculine. This is The Art of Masculinity with your host, Johnny Elsasser. Hey everyone, today's episode is featuring Mike Van Pelt. He is also known as the Comeback Coach. His experience and passion for coaching, guiding, and mentoring men has come from his involvement in leading Christian men's groups along with his own journey to take his life back and achieve success. In addition, he has served in leadership roles for most of his career, bringing over two decades of deep organizational expertise in account management, consulting, and leadership development. More importantly, he is a man who has tried to go at it alone, failed, and has had to have the deep-seated questions and wonder what was next for him. In this episode, we dive into a lot of how to come back as men when we've seen failure in our life or come up against those hard questions that we've had to contemplate where we're actually going. Such a fun time with Mike, and I know you guys are going to enjoy this as much as I did. So make sure you guys are strapped in and ready for a fun conversation, and I'll see you guys around the corner. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Art of Masculinity. Today, we have Mike Van Pelt on with us. He is the comeback coach and host of True Man Podcast. What's going on, Mike? How are you doing? Man, I'm great. Thanks for having me on, Johnny. I really appreciate the, this time that we're going to get to share with each other. Yeah, I'm really excited. You and I had a great conversation when we had like an intro call uh, a few weeks ago. And I just love how you're coming out to the world and sharing how masculinity is and developing masculinity and how guys can really build their own story. So I really loved that part of our conversation. I was very excited to get you on the show. Well, there's, there's, you know, I, I listen, I love story. I, I, the older I get, the more in love with story I am. And, um, there's nothing better than hearing another man's story. And, um, mm. you know, somewhere in there, there's a comeback, there's a pivot point, there's a second chance. And um, I, I love that when a man's able to make that, that move and, and, and pull themselves forward, you know, either by themselves or with the help of a, a team of people or, you know, I, I just love those stories. Yeah, me too, brother. It's, it's amazing. And I love empowering men to see their stories as something that is powerful to not just look at it as like, Oh, I lived it. So it wasn't powerful, but it is to a lot of other people. Yeah. You know, that's a really important point because some people, and I was like this for a while. I mean, that was my metamorphosis to a large degree, right? You know, you, you, you're living small in a larger story and you just can't see the forest for the tree sometimes. And that's one of the reasons why, 
you know, I really jumped in to become a men's life coach because I wanted to help guys see that, see their, see their own story and be able to develop it and write it and achieve that comeback. And, um, you know, there's, there's nothing more satisfying. And I'm sure you feel this too, than walking alongside a guy and seeing them kind of clear the cobwebs out and, and push forward and, and achieve that success and, and satisfaction that they're looking for is it, it's a great feeling to see somebody make that, make that jump. Oh yeah. 100%. When they just find that belief and confidence in themselves, that's to me, that's what the, for, for us in the role of helping leading men and helping them find themselves when a guy truly finds his power and his confidence and he shows up differently in the world than he did before, like oh, that yeah. right there is all it's about. You know? Yeah. I was, I was talking with a guy yesterday and he flat me flat out told me, and haven't we all been there from time to time? He said, uh, I'm just, I'm just not feeling confident. I'm, I'm just not feeling it. Like I want to do something. I want to take a step, but I'm just, I'm flat out not feeling confident. And what I told him was, well, you have taken the first step brother, right? I mean, you've taken the first step now now we can take a really hard look in the mirror and determine what's that vision, what's that purpose. But it starts with that recognition. Unfortunately, as you're aware, and I love to spell out in graphic uh, form, you know, guys sometimes don't take action until the bombs are going off around us that, you know, our, our, our arms, uh, you know, hanging off its side, barely attached, and we're bleeding out our eyes. And then we kind of, raise our arm and go, I probably better take some action on this. So, you know, I like to get the guys before that, but they don't always show up that way. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's a hundred percent true. And I, and I want us to pick that point back up here in a few, but I'm going to get you through the manly round real quick. So the community gets to know you a little better. Yeah. You ready for that? Uh, Let's do it. (laughs) All right, brother. I'm scared, but okay, let's do it. (laughs) oh the first guy try trust me it's nothing crazy you'll love it Uh, now um the first question for you what is your spirit animal and why oh my spirit animal oh that's a good question i gotta say eagle Mm. i've been i've been fascinated uh by eagles since i was a youngster I love their size, strength, the way they fly with ease, the way they hunt. It's just an incredible animal. And I love the fact that that is a symbol for our country. I love it. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I've, I love seeing them. The coolest thing is like when you catch them in the wild, right? Like when you see them in the wild, it's really beautiful. It's something else, man. It, it was, it's awesome. I've seen them quite a few times and it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, they're, they're a magnificent animal. They really are. They're beautiful. And, uh, um, I, I just love everything an Eagle stands for. Yeah. Well, it's, it was really cool when I was in Alaska, I was in Kodiak, Alaska, and we were doing, uh, kayaking on the ocean and this Mm. bald eagle is flying across the ocean about probably 20 feet up and he's got a halibut in his talons there you go see (laughs) i have not i've not seen one hunt like that live but i will say this 
and I don't know if you've had this opportunity. So here's here's a plug for Dolly Parton as if she needs one. If you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if you ever get the chance to go to Dollywood in Pigeon Forge uh, at Dollywood, they have a beautiful American Eagle reserve there. Now they're, you know, there there's a net they can't get out that most of them have been injured and they bring them in to, to rehabilitate them. But I could stand mm. there for hours and watch those and they're just sitting there, but I, their nest, I mean, everything, they're just an incredible animal, but I need to get oh, up to Alaska. Cool. You got me top. So, okay. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. that's super cool. I'll have to check that out. We're not too far from uh pigeon Ford. So that's right. Yeah. Well, cool. Your next question is what song, whenever you hear it, no matter where you are, you could be surrounded by a million people. If you, this song comes on, you have to start singing along with it. Oh man. That's, there's so many. Listen, I'm, oh boy. (laughs) I'm old. Listen, I'm old school, man. If somebody throws on Van Halen, I I'm getting, Mm. that stokes me, man. I, I, uh, that that group used to just be my jam all the way back when I was in high school. I remember getting ready for high school football games and I would throw on Van Halen and just crank it up. That was, I mean, anything Van Halen really still gets me pumped up to this day, you know? Oh, I love that. That's good. <laughs> Van Halen's a great one. Not one that's been uh, mentioned on here, but I do well, love really? Van Halen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Listen, I love so many different forms of music, but um, that one sticks with me. So I, you know, I don't want to get too vulnerable, but you know, I'm a big Lionel Richie fan too. So you know, there's there's that. That's the opposite side of the spectrum, right? I love it, Lionel Richie and Van Halen. Yeah, you're an enigma, brother. You are an enigma. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. I love it. All right. If you were a DJ, what would your DJ name be? Okay. Well, this this is an easy one. Okay. So, so my name's Mike Van Pelt. Now I have a middle name, but I use my initials all the time. So I just go with MVP. So it would have to be something, you know, yeah, it would have to be like MVP rock the microphone or something. I don't know. You know, we'd have to do something with MVP. We'd mix it in there. Yeah, one way or another. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's got to be part of your DJ name. Now, 100%. side, side note. Yeah, side note here. Everybody asks me this question. A lot of people ask me this question. So here's the answer. No, I am not related to Scott Van Pelt. However, he wishes he was related to me because his initials are SVP and I'm the MVP. There you go. <laughs> I just busted a rhyme there. <laughs> yeah, you did. Damn, man, you're singing your own songs on here. There you go. I love it. Yeah. All right. What is what is an action that no matter who does it, even the coolest person on the planet, what is an action that even if they do it, they would look absolutely ridiculous? If an action that I would do that they would look ridiculous. No, that anybody would do. So, like, even if the coolest person did it. You'd be uh, like, yeah, you're still not like, you're not cool. Like you didn't make that look cool, even though you're okay. the coolest person. You Can still I look ridiculous? All right. So here's a dirty little secret. So I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in my office right now. This is kind of my podcast table where I'm at. I, I recognize you can't see it. So a, about a week ago, I was sitting at my desk, uh, finishing up something. Of 
course having a glass of wine. It was the end of the day. Why not? And I had my feet up on the desk, right? And my leg fell asleep. I didn't, I didn't feel it. I pulled my leg. I took one step grab, and I had grabbed a glass of wine and boom. I mean, I went down like somebody chopped a tree. It had to have looked ridiculous. Oh. And um, I'm laying on the floor. My wife heard me drop. And she's, you know, she thought I had a heart attack or something. But I mean, that right there, when you cannot feel your legs and somebody, you know, it was like somebody took me out. Now, I, I mean, I can't even imagine how silly that looked. <laughs> you know? Nobody, nobody so could have made, nobody could have made that look good. Even Chevy Chase couldn't have made that look good. And he's the master of falling down on things. He is. He's so epic with his his body move. I, Chevy Chase is one of my favorite yep. comedians, man. Yep. And he's hilarious. His his like, yeah, oh God, when he does like his falling over scenes or like dropping yep. shit, it's hilarious. So he good. makes it look natural. I did not make it look natural. I think, in fact, I would dare say Chevy Chase would have been incredibly disappointed in my fall. I'll just say that. <laughs> He's like, you watched how many of my movies and you still can't do this? Right? I know <laughs> it should have been a natural thing. Right. And, and just bounce right back up. Like nothing ever happened. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. All right. Your final question in the manly round, if you could pull a prank on any well-known person, so you can time travel. Um, if you could do it on somebody, we all generally kind of know if you could pull a prank on somebody, who would your prank be on? That is a fantastic question. Um, who would my prank be on? Oh, it would have to be a comedian. It would uh, Chevy Chase would be a great one to play a prank on, wouldn't it? I don't know if you could pull it off. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you could. See, you can see, right? My world of humor is coming out right now, right? I mean, I love that slapstick stuff. And if you could pull one over on a comedian. Now, I had a comedian. Uh, on the podcast recently. And man, every word that came out of my mouth, he hit me on. <laughs> Got it. You, know, <laughs> you have to be really careful around those guys. They are masters at just like zinging you back. So it would be fun to pull, try and pull off a prank on a funny guy. Yeah. Like Rodney Dangerfield. Good luck. Oh yeah. Now that, okay. That, yeah, that is really good. Yeah. He would be a fun one to pull pull one on. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, huh? I love Rodney Dangerfield. So I get good. no respect. <laughs> <laughs> no respect. Oh, so good. Well, you did well, Mike. You did well did in the I? manly round. Yeah, yeah. Oh, very good. It was really tough. And I went old school on all my answers, too. So there you go. Yeah, but you know, it's great because you get to laugh a little. Yeah. You get to laugh a little and everybody gets to know you a little differently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chevy Chase movies will be sold out tonight on Netflix as a result. Right. <laughs> yeah. You, you just, yeah. You just influenced it. He's going to write you a handwritten note. Thanks man for giving me a boost in my income. Yeah. <laughs> uh, send, send me a Lakers Jersey. <laughs> I love it, brother. Well, He'll kind of, like I want to take us, take us. Oh yeah, for sure. He would, he'd be like, here you go, Mike. This is uh, my signed <laughs> Lakers Jersey. That's right. So, 
So I want to take us back for a second. Um, part of what we were just referring to back before we started the questions was talking about how guys wait till really everything's burned down before <laughs> they react or take action. Yeah. What's, what's a little bit of, you know, through all the guys that you've coached through the men that you're con- currently coaching, what is something that you see maybe that's a block or maybe that's an excuse from men on why they don't want to act until shit is completely hit the fan? You know, it, it, I wish there was another way I could say this, but it's just the male ego is so like, we just, we let our pride get in the way, you know, and we just don't take action or we try to fix it ourselves. And I, you know, I think that's just kind of the evolution of men over time. Right. And, and we weren't necessarily, and it's neither right nor wrong. It's just kind of the way that we've, you know, evolved. Um, we just weren't all groomed, if you will, to, to go ask for help, you know, when we needed help. I mean, it wasn't manly, right? It's, it goes back to everything I heard in little league. Well, you know, you, you fall down, ah, just dust it off. You know, you can, you can't, there's no crying in baseball, right? It's it, the, the tough thing is the masculine thing. Right. And, um, you know, so it's these, these conversations about how we should evolve, you know, from a masculine perspective are these conversations they're not often had. I mean, they're not something I had with my father. And when I talk with other guys, they're not questions that their father gave them again, neither right or wrong. It's just, we haven't evolved that way. And that's to me. And I think you feel the same way. This is the evolution that we need to get to because the heart and the soul are at the core of all of this. And, and that's what we need to be focused on and that you know emotion of you know what's really going on in our heart and mind and uh, but guys mm-hmm. let that get in the way man yeah is is there a time that you think in a boy's development that there's like a cutoff time where they can ask questions and then are expected to know everything that's a great question i mean you know, I think the younger you start helping your children have these intimate conversations, the better off you're going to be. And I, I would dare say that across the board, because kids are going to figure it out. They're going to talk with other kids. I mean, I, I think I'm going to date myself again. Here it comes. Um, I mean, most of us, 50-ish right? We learned, we had this sex talk on the playground with our friends because they saw a movie on HBO. Oh my gosh. Have you seen this movie? (laughs) You know that, that, right. We had that talk on the playground, right? That's how it, that's how it evolved. And um, so the bottom line is kids are going to talk with other kids. They're going to be heavily influenced by their friends and your opportunity to influence your kids, I think starts really, really young by having, you know, uh, intimate conversations when they're appropriate, age appropriate, whatever the case may be. But I think just being open 
with your kids from an early start is essential, especially now, right? Because they're going to grab their mobile phone and go find or Google whatever their question is anyway. So you just mm-hmm. well jump in. You just as well jump yeah. in. Yeah, that's really good. And they will. Yeah. Is, is there, um, like, as you kind of look at men developing right now from, from young boys and how they're being programmed, right? A lot by the computer and programmed by accessibility to the yeah. cell phone and the media. What are you, what's your perspective right now on the state of masculinity? Oh, worried. <laughs> you know, in a word, worried. Um, you know, we've fallen prey, a lot of us. Um, Hollywood has set this like movie script idea of masculinity, you know? And um, mm-hmm. movies are great, but they're not real. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. you know, even the true life stories, um, you know, take some liberties from time to time. They're making a movie. They got to make money. Right. Um, and I, I think that we don't often enough have this discussion about what is real versus what is fake. And, um, you know, we certainly can't depend on the news media to tell us what is real or what is fake. And we can't depend on Hollywood to do that. It's going to come from our own homes. Mm-mm. It's going to come through faith. It's going to come up through a better understanding of, I think, biblical foundations that, you know, we need to be looking at and studying more and more. Um, you know, the, those, those are important things to do. Um, mm-hmm. I find myself really looking at scripture a lot differently than I used to. Um, and that is an important discovery, I think, in terms of looking at masculinity. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I think that it, that has a huge influence um, for the perspective of masculinity because it takes it's something that takes you away from the media explanation of masculinity. It removes you from that because you're not looking fully at that. And so one of the things that I, I think is, is important to also ask is kind of as far as it goes with masculinity and the media, because, you know, I know as a young boy, I grew up in the Lutheran church. And I know that like, if you could, you could divert my attention easily. Like I, I was at church yeah. every, every Wednesday. I grew, I grew up in the Lutheran Sunday. church as well. I'm right there with you, brother. We're Lutherans. We're the yeah, fighting so, Lutherans here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I could, I, I was in church Wednesdays. I was in church Sundays. Yeah. I was every, you know, every, uh, every religious holiday, all that stuff. Yep. But outside of the church, I was just a boy and you could easily divert my attention. So the one thing that I would ask, and I'd love to get your perspective on is when we look at like the media and we look at now, because there's so, there's so many of them, TV shows and movies more than we've ever seen in our lives and accessible on so many different platforms. Do you think, do you think boys and men are really buying into, into this kind of false masculinity that's being portrayed on there? Gosh. I, I almost don't want to answer this question. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. I, listen, I, I think the answer is 
Yes, in a lot of cases. But the problem is with a lot of this, it requires work. So in other words, if you want your news or your media for that matter, we'll just paint it with a broad brush. If you want it an inch deep, you can have it an inch deep. Mm -hmm. So if you really want to understand about certain things, so for, for example, my worldview of it is it's terribly difficult to have a discussion about masculinity without going back in biblical times and looking at the first Adam. I mean, you got to understand what happened with Adam and Eve. Okay. It wasn't that pretty picture. I, I almost said that the Lutheran church put up on the wall, but, but that's pretty much any, any church. Okay. Right. Like, yeah. you know, the picture of, we were, I was involved in a discussion the other day that this picture of Jesus with holding a lamb, right. You remember this picture, mm -hmm. right, Johnny? It was around, yeah. right? Well, yeah. in, in my in my mind, Jesus is a warrior. You know, Not the, he's the lamb. He's so cute. He's so nice. You know, but he's a warrior. And so, you know, you really have to circle back. You got to cut through the BS, right? I mean, these news channels, at the end of the day, understand why they're there. And this is true of any media. They're there to make money. And and mm -hmm. come hell or high water, they're going to make money. And what they figured out is that they can capture our attention. And if they hold our attention, they make more money. So you have to understand really basic principles of how the media works right off the top. They're going to make money and they want to hold your attention. And they will do that by um, throwing out whatever the latest thing is. Yeah. I could I, I could probably our, throw up examples, but I'll shy away from some of that. That's all right. That's all right. We we can take this. It's it's such a great conversation and one that I haven't explored too much with somebody on the show. So I'm really happy that I have you on because you being well, a men's coach. Yeah. yeah, you you have great insight to this. Um, and also just your background and wisdom in it. So it's it's really good to bring you in onto it and and talk about where masculinity where, is today is it? and how it's being influenced. Uh, <laughs> I mean, various experts to go to, uh, whatever expert is, but I mean, I'm exploring a lot of different things right now because, you know, I, I think it's important that, you know, if, if I'm going to coach men, you know, I need to be able to cut through some of the bull that's out there because I'm going to have to keep it real with them, you know, and be honest and upfront. And I don't expect that a lot of the guys that come to me have done the same amount of work that I've done. And I don't profess to be like a PhD and all this stuff. I mean, you know, you can never, you can never learn enough, but um, you know, there are experts that I believe to be more experts in the area of masculinity. And I was listening to one of them this morning and I, listen, he was breaking down a news, a two, two guys having a discussion. Now the two guys that were having this discussion uh, really around conservatism and masculinity, their discussion was pretty good, but he was breaking it down further. In other words, it was along the lines of, okay, yeah, you said this, but God was not at the center of it. So scrap it. Right. I mean, he was just going deeper, really clawing in there to go deeper. And, you know, that's what we have to do. You know, we have to separate fact from fiction. And, and unfortunately, 
it requires a little work. So you have to, you know, you're going to have to, you have to do a little work if you want to know what the truth is. Not easy to find either, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Depends on what browser you're using too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Google makes it easy, but, um, you know, they have their methods for madness as well. That's probably a whole other podcast. Oh, you hell know? yeah, that is. That is a definitely different <laughs> podcast. But so along this line, though, when we look at guys and how they're kind of, especially with the access to social media now and everything else, I don't want to fully blame all of that because it's such yeah. an external force and we yeah. make a we make a choice really but yeah. what you know what are some maybe like two or three techniques or uh habits that you have that you can help guys who are saying all right mike i get you i hear you i do see myself following this path of masculinity that isn't really healthy what are some things now that I can do to start staying away from that path and start to change my perspective? Shut it off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the blunt, but listen, you know, the reality is it, these things are a choice and I'm not asking anybody to be ignorant. Okay. I, my news intake has drastically, I've drastically reduced it over the couple of years last couple of years, what have I replaced it with? Man, I, I'm looking for good books. I'm looking for good articles. Um, I, you know, there are, there's so much reading that you can do. In fact, I'll just throw this out because I, I don't get a commission from John Eldridge, but I, I, I flip and should, uh, to be honest with you. I mean, just go get, you know, Start with something as simple as John Eldridge Wild at Heart. And there are several other authors out there that are just tremendous reads that will allow you to better understand your masculinity and get inside your heart and soul and, um, you know, what's really going on. And listen, I think that whole idea around self-discovery, I got a whole library of books over here. Um, you know, I think that whole idea around reading good material, uh, uh, re being around good quality people, right? If you're around people that are going to drag you down or that are not positive, um, find somebody else to hang out with, right? Because this is about your good mental health. You will only be as good as the people you're around and the material you're reading, period, bottom line. And so if you're a news junkie, and I was a news junkie, I still want to migrate that way. I want to know what's going on in the world. But let's face it, if you just take something like Ukraine right now, that is a bummer, man. That is a bummer. And, you know, when I watch it, it makes me feel bad, you know, because I don't know what to do about it. But I do feel like I need to pay attention to it. So I take it in real bite-sized chunks. But I think it's important to find, I think it's important to take those bite-sized chunks and then wrap around it good quality material that you're reading, positive material. Um, you know, watch a documentary on something. Good gravy. There are so many great positive documentaries um, on things that are interesting and fascinating. Um, but I, 
Johnny, that's where my mind goes, man. You just have to intake good, positive stuff. And the, the media, it just, you know, why is it they spend like clockwork, right? At the end of every newscast, they have the happy story with the, that came mm-hmm. after 20 drive-by shootings, right? <laughs> like, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. It's, I think the other piece to it is, is for guys to, even when you read something that is educational or enlightening or positive is to actually question things. I used to not think you could question a book. Yeah. I mean, I used to think you couldn't question a book because if it was written in a book, the person knew a lot. And then as I got older and created my own autonomy, I was my mental capacity for critical thinking, yeah. I was like, okay, if it's written, it doesn't mean that it's a hundred percent true that, you know, we can actually question that and say, why did they write that? Why did they have it that way? You know? And, and do I align with that? And that, those are the questions I always have. Yeah. I find out like, I'll read a, a book that everybody recommends and I'll be like, cool. I liked about half of it. And I thought that was good. But the other half, I I really was like, no, that doesn't really ring true. And I would love to know where they found this, where they developed this opinion from, you know? Yeah. And you know, what's interesting, um, you made me think of something that um, I'm really big on, which is I would take those questions and I would journal about them. Um, Get it down on paper. Why are you having these questions And, and just kind of explore what that means. Um, I, you know, I think when you open your mind to these questions, you're really opening your mind up to opportunities, you know, cause so many of the guys like right now that I'm talking to, they're like, well, you know, they're questioning their career, right? This is going on everywhere. It's just, it's just so prevalent right now. Well, I mean, let, let's journal about that. Let's really dig in deep. Why are you having these questions? You know, how come, how can we, um, you know, how can we, in my coaching, you know, we look at really three fundamental things very commonly, you know, what, why, and how, you know, what's your vision, you know, um, why do you want what you want with your vision and how are we going to get there? You know, mm-hmm. let's let's explore what that is and get it down on paper. I love the idea of journaling with those questions, you know. Mm. That's a that's a great point. Absolutely great point. And and this the community that listens here to ALM is uh definitely familiar with the recommendation to journal, but that's a great point to do it after you're asking questions like in a book or an article. That's really good. I I just think it helps to think, you know. Um and, and you know. I'm finding the older I get, the more curious I am, like why things work. It used to bother me, right? I didn't care how the watch worked. Now I want to know how the watch works, right? I'm like curious. <laughs> how does it how does it work? And I'm just using an example. I really don't care how a watch works, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you, you get the point. No, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. We got to get curious. So is there, is there a, like, I, I find this very common with men um, is that they, in, there's, so we already talked about kind of, maybe there's a certain point where we're supposed to stop asking questions and we're expected to know everything. Right. So that's <laughs> wink, wink. That, that, yeah, that for, yeah. that for one thing, I think is just, it's gotta go. But 
Is there a specific reason that you believe men feel so challenged as they become uh, into adulthood and looked up to? They're so challenged in wanting to ask a question about something they don't know to like a friend. Is there, is there something in there that you've seen that's common that challenges us as men? Cause I know I went through that. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I've gone through some of that too. I, you know, I think it's just kind of this embarrassment. Like you don't want somebody to show up and go, well, you didn't know the answer to that dude. I mean, come on, you know? <laughs> Um, okay. you know, I think that the, it, it, again, it kind of circles back to that whole pride idea, but uh, you know, listen, we don't know what we don't know. I mean, l- admittedly, I, I listen, if, if my wife sees me walk around the house with a hammer or a screwdriver, I mean, she literally freaks out. That is not my bailiwick. Okay. I, you know, I'm much more comfortable with a golf club in my hand, um, uh, to be honest with you. And so, <laughs> Um, she doesn't want me hanging artwork or anything like that because, but you know, some guys are like really good at that. And so, but you know, I'm not, I don't know a lot about, uh, you know, I couldn't fix a car to save my life if I had to. Right. So, I mean, there's a lot of quote unquote masculine things that are out there that I don't know a, a lot about, but I shouldn't be embarrassed to ask those questions. And I think that that's what we have to move beyond is that as guys, sometimes we don't know, we just don't know right? We weren't taught. And, you know, what I'm learning more about all the time is that um, we're in a constant, or we should be, we're constantly training, you know, don't be a firefighter, be a trainer, (laughs) you know? And what I mean by that is stop putting out fires all the time and just be curious and be, you know, be in training. That's, that's, we never stop learning. And we never stop evolving. And when we do, we're dead. And, and, and so, mm. you know, we really need to be not embarrassed to go, go for, go for help. I mean, after all, if you're asking somebody around you, I presume they're close to you. And if, if they think it's funny or, you know, they think you're an idiot, are they the best people to be around? That's a good, that's a good fucking question. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, so, I mean, I want people around me that are going to go, you know, at least put your arm around me. <laughs> that's funny, Mike. I'm surprised you didn't know that, but since you didn't, I'm going to help you out here. Right. You know, I, yeah. I want, I want those people around me. Cause there's a lot of things I don't know mm. about. There's a lot of things I, do, I don't know about. And if I'm not willing to step up to the plate, then that could potentially make me ignorant. We wouldn't want that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I, uh, it's funny that you bring that up because I'll, I'll make a confession on here is because like, I, obviously I was in special operations. I protected the U S ambassador. I've been around guns my whole life and I, and I love guns. I, I know how to take them apart. I know how to maintain them. I know how to shoot them. But if you start asking me about grains on in bullets and you start saying, uh, you know, turns and barrels and feet per second, I'm like, bro, I don't give a fuck about that. Like, sorry. Like, I know you expect me to probably know that, but I don't really like, I don't know that stuff. And it's great that you may, but it's not really something I want to spend my brain capacity on because I, I know the important pieces, which is how it functions and how to use it. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to be involved in those things. But for a while I was a little embarrassed of that. Cause I was like, man, I'm, I'm expected. So many guys expect me to know these things. And I'm like, 
bro, I, I just don't spend my time on that. So I, I came to that point kind of similar to you where it's like, I, I don't know it and I'm not going to act like I don't, I know it. And if I choose not to spend my time to learn those things, I'm still not yeah. ever going to act like I'm going to know it, you know? Well, that's funny. You should say that the image that was going through my mind is like, I don't give a crap that you don't know. Just I, what I need you to know is how to load your gun so you can uh, <laughs> stand, stand. You know, listen, that that's such an excellent point because gun, I'm new to guns. Uh, you know, uh, I, I bought my first gun a couple of years ago because a buddy said, hey, I'm going to get my CWP. Right. And so um I'm like, you know, I've been talking about this for a long time. There seems to be a lot of angst in the world, you know, and I went and bought a, you know, wonderful little nine meter Glock. And um, listen, I don't know a lot about guns, but I, I love the fact that you can go to a gun range and you really got to be focused, man. You got something in your hand that could kill somebody if you're not focused, right? I don't know anything about bullets. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, I just know if I go to the store, I need, I need, sir, I need nine millimeter. <laughs> it's all i know does it fit my, fit my gun yeah. you know but um but listen from that standpoint i would love to be exposed to you know somebody that knows more about guns teach me how to shoot you know so that yeah. in the event god forbid in the event somebody comes in to my house uninvited i want to know how to protect my family yeah. mm -hmm. and, and really that's it the rest of it is like, I, I was the guy, you know, Googling how to clean his gun. Right. So that, yeah. that, that was me. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> and then FBI came knocking on your door, sir. Yeah. <laughs> sir. Yeah. We're going to have to take that back. You're not manly enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll also need one. We'll also need one man card from you. <laughs> Yeah. So, so here's a funny story. Can I tell a funny story? So I, I, you know, in South Carolina, and I, I think this changed, but in South Carolina to get your uh, concealed weapons permit, you had to take a class. And so the guy that was teaching the class was a retired police officer. And he jokingly says to the class, all right, when we go down to the gun range, he's like, I know how all you women like to shoot below the belt, but he's like, if I catch any of you men doing that, we're taking your man card. Well, you know, quite honestly, at that point, I'd only been to the gun range like two or three times. And so, cause you have to, you have to shoot to get your CWP and, and when you know it, one of my bullets direct shot into the crotch guy walks up oh. to the guy walks up to the target, circles it and writes on there, you lose your man card. <laughs> true story oh. true story <laughs> good <laughs> although although that's a that's a great if it's a criminal that's a great shot fuck that like, <laughs> i'm like yeah man that's great <laughs> yeah, the, pro the problem was it wasn't on purpose <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh. oh so good so good well one of the things I also wanted to ask you, because you do have such a vast experience in years of working with men is, you know, what are some of the common themes and maybe let's do like one or two of the common themes mm. you're, you're seeing with guys that you're coaching today that maybe you can shed some light on because maybe a man is listening right now and is having a similar thing. You know, one of the big things I'm seeing right now, it really, 
And, and this is something that's on the news and it's just, it's true to life. We've had a couple of years to really kind of sit and, and, and think more than usual because a lot of us have been at home and a lot, I'm just finding this repeated theme over and over again about guys going, you know, I've had an okay run here, you know, but I'm not feeling fulfilled. I'm, I'm just not feeling it. Like I want to do something else, but I don't, I don't know what it is. And so that's one thing I'm seeing a lot of right now. Like I, I want to make a difference in the world. I want to make an impact. Um, I, I think a lot of guys, just a lot of people in general, really have had a lot of time to sit and think and, you know, for whatever reason, corporate America just isn't very fulfilling to them. And the other side to that, maybe it coincides with it. Um, you know, I think a lot of men, especially in that midlife age, which is really, I would say, kind of my target audience, they just want to figure out not to, they don't want to have regret in their life. And, and they really are digesting, well, how do I leave a legacy? You know, mm. I've got a lot of questions that are, are completely unanswered to me. And I just need somebody to walk me through what is it, you know, what, what's going on. And, uh, and I talk about this a lot, I think, cause guys are really good at carrying around a lot of unanswered questions and we bury them, you know, and sometimes they relate back to wounds that happened early on in our lives, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And, and so until we deal with those and a lot of, a lot of people don't, um, it's really hard to press forward, but, um, you know, I'm just really getting this sense that the last couple of years has given people so much time to think that they want, you know, the, the, you know, the last half of their, uh, life to be feel, filled with more meaning, happiness. Um, I, I just, that seems to be the prevailing theme of a lot of people that I talk with. Mm. And is there, is there uh, something, maybe a tool, because uh, I know it's a, an extensive process to help somebody work through that, yeah. but is there something you have off your cuff that's helpful that you can give somebody who might be in that position right now, who's been like, yeah, man, this is kind of the turn of the tide for me. Um, is there a recommendation or is there a tool or tip that you can give them to start finding that within themselves? I think when you're at the point where you're, and I've gone through this myself, at the point where you're asking yourself, gosh, is there more to life than this? <laughs> There's got to be more of something, mm -hmm. you know, what is the more? What is the more? And again, I mean, go back and journal, get it down on paper. What is it that you're thinking? I mean, if there's something else you're thinking about, what's your vision? What is it? Mm. What makes you happy? You know, I, I was working with um, a, a person here a while back and he was going through some career stuff and he said, um, well, here's my uh, elevator pitch. If somebody asked me what I'm looking for and he gave it to me and it was, it wasn't heartfelt. You know, it was, it was just kind of a corporate, here's what I want to do with my life thing. And so I said to him, well, that's great. Um, but what does your heart tell you you want to do? And I think he went on for about five minutes and I said, do you, did you hear the difference? 
Mm. You know, and so, you know, it's not just your head that needs to be involved in these things. It's your heart, you know, and so you got to go digging for that vision and that purpose. And then, you know, why do you want it? it I mean, whatever you discover is your potential purpose or vision. Why do you want it? And then how are you going to get it? You know, and I, I'm kind of circling back to three fundamentals that I brought up before, but you know, it's just like basketball. You got to be able to pass, catch and dribble. And if you can't do those three things, you probably better pick up another sport. Right. So, you know, if you're going to figure out what you, if you're going to figure out what you're, you know, what it is that you want to do and listen, every, I, I, I really believe this. I, I believe everybody's got a pivot point, a potential for a comeback, you know, something inside them that, that it could just be volunteering, quite honestly, you know, maybe you're just at a point in your life where you want to jump in with a, a, you know, a volunteer organization and just serve. That's awesome. Do it. You know, and maybe you could, maybe you don't have to give up your career to do that. So, but those are the things that I think the what, the why, and the how, you got to start with those. And, um, you know, that once you figure out what that is and how do you want to attack it, you can, you can push forward. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Get back to the basics and then, but get to a heart centered basic. Yeah. We don't want to, we overcomplicate things sometimes, right? When you're in the middle of your shit, you can overcomplicate things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, quite honestly, what I tell a lot of people is, listen, I'm going to help you prepare for the next it that comes at you because it's always going to come at you. You're going to get a phone call. You're not going to like it. You're going to get a knock on the door. Somebody's going to say, hey, thanks for your, year, your years of service. Here's your severance package. How do you prepare yourself for that stuff? Now, I'm not saying you can always be 100% prepared, but I, I do believe you can be better prepared you know, mentally, uh, you can put yourself in a better position. Um, I just happen to believe that starts with faith that that's one great spot Mm -hmm. to start, but, um, you know, you got to work on your mental game a little bit. I'm constantly at work on my mental game and I'm learning all the time. So, yeah, it's a great point. You got to, again, it comes down to having good people around you. And if you don't have good people around you, find out how you can go get, you know, help for whatever. Most things are an attitude and a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Oh man. hundred percent. So good. Such great words, such good wisdom. I truly appreciate you, Mike. This has been such a fun conversation. And, um, I was so enlightening and it was such a great one to have, I think just around masculinity in today and kind of where we can go with it. So I appreciate yeah. you so much. And, you know, as you have come on here and done a service to the community to drop your wisdom and, and drop your enlightenment, share with us how we can support you, where we can find you and what you got going on right now. Sure. Well, I have a podcast as well. Um, true man podcast. Dot com. That's the easiest. It's, so it's a true, it's true man podcast, but I give you that because that's, it's just an easy way to find me, but you can find me on all the you know major channels, Apple, um, Spotify, all that fun stuff. 
And um, you can email me, Mike at startyourcomebackstory.com. And um, you can go out to the website too, startyourcomebackstory.com. And, um, you know, I've got uh, work on it. So you can get a hold of me that way. And all my social media is on there. That's cool. And I'm working on a new book right now. So hopefully, you know, that'll be out over the next um, 120 days or so. So it'll be, uh, I was going to say loosely based on, but no, it'll be heavily based on being a true man. So there you go. Sneak preview. How about that? I love you as opposed to the Truman show, which we're all living in right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> it is true. I do laugh sometimes because I'll go out and do these Google searches and, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to market myself and all this stuff. And I'll go out and I'll pull up Truman and it pulls up the Truman show all the time. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> it's kind of a scary. Oh, man. <laughs> it's so good. So good. Well, thank you, Mike. I appreciate you. And your last question before we hop off here is, what does the art of masculinity mean to you? Man, it means being a true man. Mm. True man. Uh, uh, the art of masculinity to me is being a, a true man of God, a true man of faith, a true man for your family, um, and, and just really being involved in your community and supportive and caring and loving. That's what the art of masculinity is. Not that crap Hollywood thing gets put out there, right? We Masculinity is love, yeah. brother. That's what it is. Mm. Mm. I love that. Thank <laughs> you for sharing that. I love that insight. So good. Well, it's been great, Mike. I appreciate you so much. And to everybody listening, as always, remember to drop the ego and stay humble. Until next time, guys. Bye.